0: After. Small don't say, self help from the hip. Small do say, we're talking that shit. Small don't say, and keeping it real. Small do say, with me and It's So funky. <laughs> So as we continue on here at Small Doses with our artist series, first of all, let me just say it's I am like so like I try to do a fashion series. And when I tell you the designers, honey, the designers are a
1: headache. Okay.
0: (laughs) like. I couldn't get the designers to talk. Then you have folks who are like, I'm really in like design mode right now. And so like when I release a shoe no. whatever, <laughs> man, it was really a thing. So I was like, you know what? I'ma just leave that and let me go to the artists. Not that yes. not that fashion designers are not artists, but let me go to like the fine artists. And yes. it has been just a really dope series getting to talk to all of you. And it's a very oh man, it's also just very different than talking to like actors and performers because. I feel like fine artists aren't talking all the time. So there's like a certain yeah. level of honesty that is coming out. And today we are joined by Miss Christina Martinez, uh-huh. who, let me tell you, so I feel very late to the party and I discovered <laughs> you because my homegirl Ingrid Uh, We share... Mm -hmm. That's my middle name, by the way. So we have a special kinship. Uh, So (laughs) Ingrid had come to your uh, opening or like it was an event for the Nordstrom collab and just casual for the Nordstrom collab. And (laughs) um, I was like... Who is this? What is this art? And I had to just go (laughs) down the rabbit hole and get all the way in the mix with Christina Martinez. I bought my mother some pajamas. I bought bought my man a shirt. I bought me some pajamas. And next I need to commission an original piece. But I just really love, I love, I just, I fell in love immediately with the work that you do. And I'm very happy to have you here on the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Definitely glad. And and Ingrid for piecing that all together. She showed up in her white sweatsuit. She killed it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so tell me, you
0: know, our listeners, I feel like, we have a lot of creatives. Um, and mm-hmm. so I speak a lot to just like the journey of being a creative and also the the unique position that creatives find themselves in once it becomes their career, because that's like a whole different, <laughs> so you have a head nod <laughs> got slow. yeah, yeah. <laughs> for those who are yeah. listening and not watching the head nod got slower. Like, yes, testify. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. you know, over the course of this interview, I definitely just want to, eventually land at like when you're working with a behemoth like Nordstrom, you know, like what is, Mm -hmm. is that like, but let's start at the beginning. Let's start at the beginning. (laughs) So Um, Christina, like, tell me, like, where are you from? Like, side Side note, note. I did an interview with Kevin Hart and people were livid that he didn't know that I was a child actor. They were like, he does not do research. That is so unprofessional. I'm like, first of all, he's not even an interviewer. Like, the nigga don't have time. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I was like, you know, this is some shit that he's just doing to talk to people. And sometimes I will say this, this podcast has become this, like, really dope way for me to get to talk to people, particularly in a pandemic where I'm not just like, running into people so I get to learn about you today so I will say off top like I tried to research Christina but Christina uh (laughs) Christina got her shit locked down like an assassin so (laughs) gotta keep it mysterious
1: (laughs) (laughs) so where are you from I am from Tacoma Washington which is like 45 minutes south of Seattle and then in the last few years, I moved to Seattle, and I'm my studio is based out of Seattle, so I'm still here in the area. But grew up in Tacoma, Washington.
0: Where did this New York vibe come from? Do people tell you that I you have, a New, have a New York vibe? New York vibe? Yes. Even just by the sculpting of your baby hair, I'm like, she's from the Bronx. Uh- <laughs> She's from the Bronx.
1: <laughs> no, I'm definitely Pacific Northwest. I can see the bay. I, mean, that- I can see I can see the yeah. bay. I can see the bay. <laughs> but
0: I don't I don't see Seattle.
1: No, I'm def- I'm from Seattle. I, I mean, I spend a lot of time in L.A. because of work right. and just I'm out there a lot. But I, I'm not. No, I'm, I'm not from New York or never lived there. I would love to live there at some point when really? I get some more money. Yeah, <laughs> said, When I get some more money.
0: I feel like <laughs> New York, like once you're past 29, New York becomes very
1: stressful to live in. It's like. Yeah, I could imagine.
0: Because like running for trains just feels like. Is this what we're really doing? like yeah. can my knees actually handle this at this point? <laughs> like for real, so you're from Seattle, so I've been to Seattle several times, and I'm just curious like,
1: is that why there's teardrops in all of your <laughs> I feel like rain is it's very possible. <laughs> it definitely is possible. I think growing up here in Washington, you have to be able to appreciate a lot of gloomy days, and I think that it's kind of, a an energy that everybody here kind of understands, you know, it's, it's, you got to be able to like pick up the pieces and have a good time when it's like pouring rain and dark outside. <laughs> it's like becomes a part of your upbringing. It's just, it's just what it is. So I, I, that could definitely play a part. I never thought of that, but,
0: um, because your art definitely has, uh, A number of consistent themes, but one of them, for those who don't know, is women with tears and, Mm -hmm. you know, there's growth. Growth is like a big theme in your work. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you in Seattle where there's a lot of rain, you know, the photosynthesis, the growth (laughs) of of the vegetation. Uh (laughs) Talk to me about when you began your art like when you were a younger person like what did you start out drawing
1: um so growing up my mom she had me when she was 15 so I spent a lot of time by myself and you know I can look back now and like be very grateful for those moments but when I was younger it was really hard she worked a lot sometimes two three jobs at a time so I would be home and I had to entertain myself And so I have a very very vivid memory of being like maybe eight years old and We didn't have like full blown cable. We just had some channels, you know? Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing Bob Ross on TV for the first time. And it was one of those moments that I look back now and I'm like, that was definitely like a defining thing for me. Because at the time when that happened, I had a moment where I'm just like, wow, like this is what he does. He gets to be on TV and make art. And like, I had never seen anything like that before in my family. My family is like all women that work very, very hard. You know, they clock in, they clock out. It's just like, that's just, that's what it was. That's what I always saw. And so- Did you grow up in see, an immigrant family by any chance? I didn't, I didn't. My family is all from Texas. Um, okay. but my mom was born in Texas. My grandma was born in Texas. My mom's side of the family is all Mexican. They raised me and and they worked hard, very hard. Right. And so I had never seen anything like that. And I remember when I saw that feeling like, It was the coolest, most amazing thing I ever saw, but also feeling like it was very far away. Like, you know, this is a white man on TV and there was no connection to that. And so it became something that kind of like stuck with me, but always felt like it was unattainable. And what I did take from that though, was just making art. I just started to just make art and I would draw on napkins. I would draw on, my mom likes to tell a story of these lasagna noodles. So I used to take lasagna noodles and use nail polish and like paint like whole landscapes on them. (laughs) And it was like, whatever we had, that's just what I used. It was like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew that it was in me to find a way to express myself creatively very, very young you know, life happens and I would move away from it and then come back to it. And in the end, it got to the point where like, I just couldn't ignore it anymore. And it became my career. (laughs) So
0: when you couldn't ignore it anymore, like where were you at in your life? Is that like full grown adult?
1: Is that high school? No, I I think I was, I was in college and I had gone, I had moved away. I went to college in Vegas and you know, I studied hospitality because I was in Vegas and it was just the thing you're supposed to do. And, you know, kind of like had a lot of moments where I just kind of let life happen. Mm -hmm. And in my quiet moments, I still wanted to draw. I still wanted to paint and I had no real experience, no education, none of that in terms of art. And it was just like, it would get louder and louder and louder and louder until I was just like, I can't, I can't keep ignoring it. And Honestly, as soon as I made the decision to like really live in my purpose and align with my art, everything in my life started to fall into place. It was like everything that had been struggles or things that I couldn't really see the light in them yet, just things just started to like truly align. And that's why now, like, I know this is exactly where I'm supposed to be at. And it's just, it took me a while to find it, but once I found it, it just, now I'm like in at, at peace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's so beautiful because it really takes trusting yourself to do that, you yes. know, to do the, end. There's nothing I don't I don't really feel like we see many examples that tell us trust yourself. Um yeah. I feel like it's the opposite, you know. It's like trust this company or trust this 401k or trust your government. <laughs> and Yeah. <laughs> ultimately, yeah. none of these things are really like demonstrating that they're for like your best interests, you know. When you talk exactly. about like something that you were like what's an example of something that you feel like you were struggling with that you feel got clearer once you made the decision that this is what you're going to do.
1: I mean, even just like financially, when I decided to be a full-time artist, I already had two kids. Like I had a son and a daughter. And I, one of the biggest things that I really struggled with was like, am I going to make these kids also sacrifice like for the sake of like me following my dreams, you know, do they have to live in you know, and not be stable because I'm choosing to go and make something of myself. And that was like a big thing that yeah. I feel like kept me in a in a gray area for a while. And you know, it felt like too much risk when I had my kids that I had to like actually take care of. And you know, they were upon on this journey with me. And I feel like because I chose to trust myself and listen to, my inner voice, those things just started to fade away. It's like, now it's like, not only can we, you know, have a great Christmas and pay all of our bills, we can take vacations. And like, you know, those things just started to come more and more and more. And I believe that when you are doing what you're supposed to do, life Starts to give you things that are aligned with that purpose. And I think, like, financially was a big one. I felt like the safe thing to do was to just work a regular job and be able to know this is what I'm making. This is how we're going to take care Mm -hmm. of ourselves. And I realized now that, you know, like when you talked about trusting yourself, like with my kids, I intentionally put them in situations or give them choices and like make them really have a moment where they decide like, okay, this is what I think is best. And like, really go for it. I try to do that for them because I know that, like you said, it's something that you don't, you don't really learn how to trust yourself. And some people never learn, you know? And for me, it was like life-changing. So I try to make sure that I put my kids in, in situations where they can practice that a little bit.
0: Well, was there any struggle in the transition? Because I feel like sometimes, I was going to say, because I feel like sometimes, you know, it's like, the idea of being an artist, I think it's like, um, glamorous is not the word, but I feel like it's very nebulous for a lot of folks. Because it's like, what does that mean? Like, I know what I'm Mm -hmm. actually doing, but I don't know how to Mm -hmm. actually, like, make money off of it, per se.
1: And
0: how did you, like, how was, how, how? (laughs)
1: like? Yeah, no, the struggle, the struggle was like, it intensified before it started to fade. I'll definitely like be very transparent about that. It was, it's not one of those things that just happens overnight by any means. And I think one thing that I try to be really vocal about every time I have the opportunity to is that I think when you're an artist of of any kind, And your art is your outlet and your space that you go to, to feel safe or to be able to express yourself when that also becomes your means for survival, that like transition is nobody could have really prepared me for that because Mm. it's like you, you turn to this as an outlet, but now you have to do it to take care of yourself and your kids. That part of it for me was difficult for a long time because it's like, I mean, I still struggle like receiving praise for something that like keeps mm. me sane, like actually keeps me sane, you know, it's just like, or receiving praise or, or money for doing something that like, I know that I'm supposed to do. I know mm. I'm supposed to be doing this. It's, it's a weird space to try to start to put a price on Um, your outlet, your sanity, your peace, you know? And so, um, I think that for a while, it took a while for me to be able to navigate that part of it. And, you know, my manager who's now really, really involved in the business side of art has really helped me with being able to balance those things. But there was a while where you could get an original painting off of me for Barely nothing, you know. I'm like, I just want to be able to pay this bill this month. So, whatever you got, like, you know, and it's just like I was in that space for a while. What's a while for you? I feel like I was probably in that for at least two years of just like really trying to figure out what I was worth and understanding to like value myself in that way. I think a lot of artists turn to art to not have to vocalize how they feel, Mm. to not have to, you know, it's like a place to hide so then to say like now I have to put myself out there and you have to pay me for it you know (laughs) it's so weird it's a weird weird space to be in but I would say once I went full-time with my art it probably took me two years to where I was just like okay I deserve to get paid for this What did going full-time
0: look like? Was it just like, At I quit this job. job. You, fuck you, fuck yeah. you, you, you cool, <laughs> but fuck you. I'm out here with your yeah. kids. Like, were you on the yeah. corner, like, with canvases? Like, what, was it MySpace? I mean, I, I was selling yeah, hand-painted no. bags on MySpace for, for a time, honey, for a time. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. That is amazing. Um, I went through a very difficult period where I was grieving the loss of my best friend. and. Okay. I turned in my art through that. And I think I just got to a point where I was just like, I have a firsthand example of like how short life is mm-hmm. and I cannot spend another day doing something that is not aligned with my purpose. And I have a very clear relationship with God for me. I I feel like I can hear God when I pray. I feel like I'm really, really, really in tune with that. And I, I just knew that I was not supposed to be where I was at. And I was working a regular job and I was able to take care of myself, my kids, and we were comfortable, but it was on the following birthday of my best friend that I just was like, I'm putting in my two weeks and I'm going to go and just make this happen. And I put myself in a space where I hadn't saved a lot of money. It didn't know where rent was coming for the next month. Like i made myself be like hungry and thirsty Mm. to figure it out. And like I said, it was not easy, but I, I feel like it was the most authentic version of me. And it was exactly what I was supposed to do.
0: So were you just like selling pieces on this, like, but
1: how? Yeah, on the internet. I just like on Instagram I, and for oh. a long time, I didn't show anything. I, a long time I had paintings and paintings and my friends used to say like, you should try selling these. And I'm like, no, I'm not an art. I'm not a painter. Like I, you know, yeah. and I finally just decided that it was time for me to just start to share some of my stuff. And I think that Fortunately, I had enough time and space with myself to really make art for mm-hmm. me and, and my own mind and my own piece and yeah. connect with it. That when it was time to share mm-hmm. it, I wasn't really like, I was Trying really solid. Trying to meet the market at what yeah, I Yeah, exactly. I was really, really solid in, in who I was creatively. And I'm, I'm thankful for that time and space. But I was working. I would go to work. I would clock in and work. But I would get up like two hours before I had to be there just to like draw something. And it just started to get to the point where it's just like, what are you, why am I going here? What am I doing? (laughs) So Instagram
0: was the way Instagram was the first marketplace. Yeah. Yep. Some people selling booty on Instagram. You was selling (laughs) art. You see, it has served yeah. Some people sell brands. booty and art. And art. <laughs> booty art. Yes. <laughs> I really find that so intriguing just because I know so many folks, myself included, who have definitely talked to myself out of like, well, you can't do that. You yeah. can't sell that or nobody wants that or, yeah. you know, and i i love that there were people around you that were encouraging you and saying no mm-hmm. like you should do this because mm-hmm. that ends up being a currency of its own like yeah. just just the people surrounding you and sometimes it's yeah. the opposite sometimes it's you know if everyone everyone, everyone had been hating on me so ahead. i had to show yeah. the this <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: you know i definitely know some of those people yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll show you. I know what I'm going to do. You know, I've been in that position too where it's just like, uh, you know, you're somehow thankful for the doubt and it's like this like perfect chemical equation of doubt and support. And I and yep. hearing what you said about putting yourself in a scenario where you had to really do it, it's so real. I remember seeing this interview with um Branford Marcellus and Winnie Marcellus's father who was mm-hmm. also a jazz musician and Winton Marcellus had wanted to go to school to be an accountant. And he said he was going to play jazz on the side. Um, yeah. <laughs> and he said that, you know, he was going to play jazz, but he was going to go to school to be an accountant, to have something to fall back on. And his father, and I've never forgotten this. I've seen this like at least 10 years ago. And his father said to him, if you have something to fall back on, you will fall. Yeah. Because this shit that, is so yeah. hard. <laughs> That is so real. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's so hard that if you have an out, you'll take it
1: because Mm -hmm.
0: when you, when you hit that wall and the walls for artists, it's not just financial. Like sometimes we hit walls where it's just, nothing is inspiring. Like nothing's just coming. Like I'm at that wall right now with visual art, but like in terms of like you and your, what you consider to be blocks, do you feel at this point that you ever like hit blocks with your
1: creativity? Yeah, I have blocks. A lot of times the blocks will come from like outside things. Like if it's a partnership or, you know, if you're creating for something that that can get difficult sometimes, especially for artists who like me are a little bit more of like emotional creators. I'm not like a technical painter. If you ask me how to mix things up and that, I cannot tell you, I didn't learn how to paint. I just started to do it. And so I think that a lot of times when I'm put in situations, opportunities, blessings to create with other people, it can get a little fuzzy. And also when it's like, depending on what scale it's on, it can get difficult for mm. Meaning um, bigger for is harder me. or smaller harder? Yeah. Bigger is harder for me just because I think that, like I said, for me, my art has always been like a place of peace and I'm not like a extroverted person. I'm not used to putting myself out there like that. And so I think that it's something that I'm recognizing comes with making art. And it, you know, the time that we're in right now, it's like, you can make art and just let it be about your art, but people want to connect to you as well. And and for me, because my journey was like very authentic and, you know, I started on Instagram, just like posting pictures of my kids, like a lot of people, you know? And then it's like, it started to evolve. So it's like, there's people that connect to like me as a mom. There's people that connect to me as a, Mexican and black woman. There's people that connect to me as an artist. So it's just kind of like understanding that I do have to step out of my comfort zone and it is a real effort to put myself out there and that can get difficult. I think the biggest, most important thing with creative blocks. So for me is to continue to create, like Mm -hmm. I try not to let myself get too comfortable in a space where I'm like, Oh, I'm just not inspired right now. I try not to let that be a comfortable space for me because I think that, it's important to be aware of what kind of art you make when you're not inspired. What kind of art do you make when it's Mm. gloomy outside for 20 days in a row? You know, what does that look like? And so I try to just keep painting and it's hard sometimes for sure, but it's like just to keep creating through the block. Sometimes you might take photos instead of paint, whatever it is, like just continue to let there be some outlet, even in the, Quiet moments or the lack of inspiration. So, you've been having to like mingle and shit, and you, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not like this kind of mingle. This I could do. I mean, like, just you, you know, walk in the pho- room, photo shoots, <laughs> like, oh, you guys want to take pictures of me? You know, it's just like that is not, it's not my, it's not my comfortable space at all (laughs) I
0: definitely I've had to learn like I think because I'm on TV and stuff people think that that should be like no problem and it's like yeah no like if I know people I'm fine but like when I walk into a room and I have to like just make my rounds like I'm not gonna make my rounds I'm gonna find like base and just be at yeah. base and like whoever yeah. stumbles upon me. And I've had to work on making base at least like more in a centralized location. Cause normally in the, yeah. like when I would first move out here, I would have to be at the booth in the back. And it's like, Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know you were here. <laughs> like, you know, I would, I would leave somewhere and someone would, like, i get a text from someone like, I heard you were at such and such. I was there too. Why didn't I see you? Yeah. Yeah. I was in the back.
1: That is definitely me. Or people write me like, Oh, I saw you here, but I was scared to come up and say something. I'm like, oh, I'm just as scared as you are. So (laughs) I've really like trained,
0: like I know folks who are listening. Like I have really tried to express to people like, listen, when I'm not on the clock, yeah, I'm not on. You know? And so I remember this one guy, I was like walking down the street in Harlem. And I think he had said something to me. I didn't hear what he said, but he said something to me. I just like looked at him and kept walking. And then I went on Twitter like an hour later and it was like, I just passed Amanda Seals in Harlem and she was rude AF. I said good morning to her and she didn't even say anything to me. And I was just like, I didn't even hear what that man said. (laughs) And also it was like 8 a.m. in Harlem. Like we're not, not we are not in Savannah, Georgia where everyone says hello to each other. Like (laughs) stop. But he doesn't know that like to your point, like, I'm like, who's a strange man?
1: Yeah. I'm scared too. Like this is, yeah, this is all very different for me. And I can imagine like you too, it's like you're used, to, you play so many people and then it's just like, Oh, when you're yourself now I'm, I'm not hiding behind a canvas now, you know, it's like, I don't know what to do. I, I, don't...
0: <laughs> I really feel like if I'm on stage, because I as a stand-up comedian, like I'm myself yeah. on stage, yeah. right. but I'm on stage. Yep. And even though I'm myself everywhere I'm at, it's like there's a different expectation of the exchange when you're on stage than when you're off stage. When I'm on stage, yeah. I have the mic. Like I understand what our exchange is. Yep. I'm going to tell a joke and you all, y'all going to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we, so eye to eye, we get that. But when you're off stage, you know, you run into people or... It's like, even like today, y'all, like when I came on the podcast, <laughs> I was in the middle of an annoyance, you know? So before I could even say hello to Christina, I'm like, I can't say UPS, you know? And so sometimes people you will meet you in the middle of an annoyance and then you yeah. didn't give them what, what they, they expect expected. Yeah. And now <laughs> yeah. they're like, oh, I, I met Amanda Seals and all of and them. She was <laughs> a bitch. <laughs> I was like, you know, I might've been at that moment. I, you know, yep. I apologize. No, but I think I it's definitely so- understand. I think it's so dope, though, to just, you know, see you evolve. You know, a lot of folks, they don't get to this point. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists, you know, I mean, they don't make it to a point where they feel like their art is living even without them having to create it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that's a huge part of once you realize, like, damn, I really made it with this art shit. Like, <laughs> like even if you didn't paint another piece, You still have enough work drummed up that there's a whole commerce space that is going to exist, that can exist if you wanted it to. If you were like today, you know what? I'm just done with this art shit. I'm about to be a rapper. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Your manager could still be like, all right, well, I'm going to still do the art thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you go drop them beats. Like, get into yeah. it. <laughs> like, you're like, you know what? I've been mingling enough. I'm ready. I'm ready to really yeah. live my next true self. Put me <laughs> out there. Yes. It's so true. S-E-W. Yeah. It's so true.
1: <laughs> yes. We have rap battles. Me and my kids and my partner, who's also an artist that used to be a rapper. But we have rap battles. It's like our thing we do every time we're all together. And I got, I got bars.
0: You got <laughs> With a Z, with a Z, yeah, yes, with, with a, a Z. Z. So when you, so what was it like? What was the tipping point when you feel like it turned from, oh, like now we cooking, like now this is some different shit. I'm not just selling hundred dollar like, yeah, from four packs of canvases from Michaels.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me. I don't know if I'll ever really feel like that. Honestly, like I Well, there did come a point where it was
0: like we're not concerned about ramen for this. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. No, I mean when my kids start asking us if we're in first class and if our driver's picking us up and if we're going to Hawaii this weekend. (laughs) Like listen, when the kids get bougie, it's it's Oh my God. So like driver. No, you're not <laughs> one of those kids that grew up with a driver. That was a Lyft driver with a black car. <laughs> God, I have to try to like explain to him. No, I'm just, this is a Lyft. It's not our driver. <laughs> is our chauffeur coming? <laughs> yeah. But I think for me, the part that always resonates with me the most or makes me feel like I'm on my way is seeing people really be willing to pay for my art at what I feel like it deserves to be sold at and you know having people appreciate something so much that they're willing to like make that purchase and it will now be a part of their lives for you know years and years and years and years and I always think that that transaction, yes, it's a financial blessing for me, but also it's like I remember the paintings that were in our house growing up. Like I remember the pieces or the things that I had in my room. And so, especially when I see people that like buy art for their kids and stuff like that, I'm like, this piece will now like become a part of their story and their journey. And, you know, who knows where it goes from there. And I think for me, like the long term goal is always to see my work in a museum, just because I remember, you know, spending time in museums growing up. And even now I, you know, we take the kids to the museum all the time and it's just like, there's not a lot to connect to. You think of museums, you see a lot of like older white men and their art. And so I think until that starts to change, I will always have something that I'm like pushing for to really, really feel like, okay, I made it. And that hasn't happened yet.
0: I always say the difference between hustling and grinding. Hustling is when yeah. it's like, I'm just trying to get it. Like, however we can get it, I'm going to get it. Like, okay, yeah. I'm going to sell these pieces for whatever. And I feel like the transition to grinding, grinding is when you're like, I know where I'm going
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm much more choosy about the path. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like that transition for you was when you said, I'm going to like be about my worth. Yes. Right. And like sell these Mm -hmm. pieces. So did that mean like getting a manager? Like what was the Mm -hmm. change like in that mindset?
1: Yeah, it definitely, was getting a manager. It was, um, where did you even find a manager? Uh, We had been friends for years and years and years. Actually, we have a a mutual friend that was just like, I feel like you guys would really like each other and introduce us. And we were friends for probably 10 years before we started to work together. Yeah. So definitely getting a manager was very, very major in my journey. And like I said, just, it gives me the space to like really just focus on the art and she probably would laugh right now because I definitely get involved in the business side a lot too now. But, uh, you know, the idea was to like, really, really give me the mental space to be creative and not have to have these like uncomfortable conversations. And I mm-hmm. think that now one thing that I'm really working on is like, I make art and I've turned to my art because verbally, sometimes it's hard for me to really express what I'm feeling. And Now with my manager, she's able to be that voice for me and speak up on my behalf. And when you're putting yourself in these spaces that were not really created for you, you know, like I said, the art world in the grand scheme of it doesn't belong to people that look like me. And so when you're trying to find your way in these spaces and these partnerships and these museums, it's like very important for me to have somebody that can stand up for you and, um, speak for you because it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. And it, you know, hopefully one day it's easier for like my son and my daughter, but right now you can't just be an artist. You have to be an artist and an activist and you have to be a fighter and you have to, um, you have to create your own space. And so I'm thankful that I have a team of people that push for me and believe in me. But it definitely, it's like things look very glamorous always. And, you know, you see the final outcome and like the work that goes on behind the scenes to work with a lot of these people and in, in these spaces is, it can be a lot. <laughs> it can be very, very, very difficult. How do you manage when you are in collaboration
0: with someone that you realize you do not like?
1: Or has that <laughs> happened? No, I wouldn't say that that's happened. I think what happens more often than not liking the people, I think that's where it gets tricky is that I usually do really like the people that we work with. And I feel like I'm pretty good at being able to see people's intentions and and, and where they're coming from and understanding. I think that the system as a whole, this art world or partnerships that, you know, it's like the trendy thing to do right now is to put a mexican face at the front of what you have going on or a black face at the front of what you you know it's like or to put a woman at the face of what you have going on i feel like it's less about the people and more about the lack of preparation to work with people you know to to be educated enough and to know where to be sensitive and to know right um, you know how to work competency yes exactly I think that is more of what we run into uh, and less about, you know, not liking the people. I feel like I usually get along with most people. <laughs> <laughs> So Most.
0: tell me about the World Trade Center piece. So I was on your Instagram and in your yeah. highlights, you had a piece that was, uh, I'm assuming it's World Trade Center because it said WTC and I've been in that yeah. elevator. So it was the same elevator. Yeah. Um, and when you talked about how scale can be daunting for you, this was a pretty big mural. Yeah. So can you yeah. just tell me about like how what that piece, because I, I didn't get to know, I wasn't able to discern like if it was a part of like a bigger exhibition or you yeah. like just run me down because I was really the finished product just look amazing. So kudos.
1: Thank you. Yeah. That, that was really, really cool. Cause one of the first things I said to my manager, when we decided that we were going to work together, is like, I'm making all these paintings on canvas and I'm trying to spotlight black and brown women in the most beautiful, elegant way that I can. And one day, like, I just want to put these faces on a building. Like, I just need to see that. And she was, you know, we talk about long-term goals, short-term goals. And that was like one thing that was like very important to me. And I think at the time I had put it in like the long-term section and it happened fast. It happened really, really fast. And I had only painted one other mural before that one which was much much smaller and so that that one was kind of funny because it's like i went in there i'm like oh i can bang this out in 4 days no problem like i practiced on canvas and all i have to do is double the time it took me on canvas no i had to fly back out there multiple times <laughs> to get that piece done and then like we had all this press was coming in because they wanted to cover it because it's like it was huge and it's you know it's in the world trade center and it was it was a moment. And so there was a lot of press coming in. And so she's like, okay, we'll just focus on getting this section done. And then like, we'll <laughs> go from there. So we needed to like, we needed a space to shoot some of the photos and, you know, people magazine was coming in and all these different things. And it was not all the way done. And I had to fly back out there and I finished, it was a learning experience, but that that I feel like was one of the most important things I did. So
0: was it like a bunch of artists? Was it just you? Like how did, what was it representative of? Because I feel like it was in like a room.
1: Yeah, it was in a room and there are other artists in there. So what they do is they have like residencies for other artists. Ah. So there are, there's different artists on um, the different walls, but it wasn't like a overall project. It was just kind of like, we have this wall, like she can do what she wants to do there. And, And, you know, the World Trade Center, just, like, everything that my art is about, like, pushing through things and picking yourself back up and preservation and, like, just, like, that will to, like, not give up. That's what I, that's the story that I tell. And so to be able to do that on that scale and that space, it was an amazing 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 experience and like those are the things where it's like sometimes it's like it's not even about money like this is like a space for me to highlight these stories that are so important to me on like you know this huge wall I can't even remember how many feet it is now but it, it was it, it was, was I've never massive. Seen, yeah when I saw <laughs> the video
0: of you like there was a video where you were standing against the wall and the person taking the video was like, wow, you look really small. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh damn, yeah. it looks so much bigger <laughs> when the person had backed up, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. That's one of those things where I look back and I'm just like, I can't believe I, I did that and figured out how to do it. Cause I didn't know what I was doing. What was I your biggest it. surprise? The way that I paint is just not fit for murals <laughs> I think when I was done with that I was just like I'm never ever ever painting another mural again Wait, and like
0: what do you mean like the
1: <laughs> I use like small brushes I take my time I like to like you know I'm not pay- people that do murals they know how to just go and get them done I was treating that thing like it was a piece of paper <laughs> it was it was a bad it's combo true. yeah <laughs>
0: So that's it. No more murals.
1: No, I mean, now I could pay one tomorrow if someone asked (laughs) me to, but yeah, at that time I was just like, yeah, I don't ever want to do this again, but the story was so strong and so powerful for me that it was worth it, but it was, it was, it was a challenge. It was hard.
0: Yeah. Murals are (laughs) definitely a beast. And I feel like you always think, yeah, I'll just do this. Yeah. I'll do this. Yeah, yeah. but then once you're yeah, in it they, you're like mm,
1: yeah just... those women are like nine feet tall and i think that there's like i want to say there's like 37 of them yeah wow yeah it was it was crazy it's really well, that was kudos, crazy because it, 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 it's,
0: it's dope <laughs> and you. massive and you know you started to talk a little bit about your themes and You know, one of the things when I did discover your stuff at Nordstrom, I was like, oh, this is like a different vibe. Like, a lot of times Mm -hmm. I feel like when you see art come into, like, the apparel space, um, it's typically very, like, generic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it might be patterns and I I mean, and not even to shade those artists, but it's just, they are trying to reach a large audience. And so oftentimes I feel like they water down and, you know, the, not the artists, but the buyers will choose something that kind of feels a little bit more generic. It's like when I'm trying to sell TV shows and they say, well, we don't know if middle America will like this. And I'm like, well, that's code Mm -hmm. for white people. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah you're right I'm not sure if they will but considering that they like pretty much everything black people do and then take it I don't see why they wouldn't yeah (laughs) but I definitely feel you so I would love to hear just like in your themes you know when you're talking like why do you feel like that became like where you planted your flag in terms of like this is what I'm speaking with with my art in terms of like getting, picking yourself up and women, et cetera. Yeah.
1: I think just from my experience, like I said, I, um, that's all I saw growing up truly. Like my mom had me at 15. My grandma had my mom at 20. It's just, it's all I knew. I saw my, the women in my family just pick themselves up over and over and over again. And you know, when you have a mom who's 15 years old, you're going to see some stuff. So it's like, I have had experiences that have stuck with me and my art wasn't something I spent a lot of time thinking about. It's just something that I just did. And that was what was in me. That was the story that was in me. It was what, what, what naturally came out. And then on top of that, one of the first artists that I really connected to was Frida Kahlo, a Mexican painter. And she was the first person that I saw and I thought, okay, maybe this is attainable. Maybe I can do it because she does look like my mom and my grandma and (laughs) my aunts, you know? And I'm like, okay, look at this. And the more that I learned about her and her story, that's all she did was like every challenge that she went through, she turned it into art. And I feel like that was like what I connected even more than her being Mexican, even more than her being a woman was like, the way that she painted her way through every single challenge. And I think that those authentic stories that are a part of you, like those are the stories you're supposed to tell. And that's, that's really all I knew. And I think that it speaks to a lot of people because like life is going to happen. It's going to keep happening, you know, and And you have to be able to like pull yourself up out of something, you know, and you're going to, you're going to do it. And then you're going to have to do it again. And I think that's been a consistent part of me and my life. And I've always had my art, whether I was super aware of it or not, I've had my art to bring me out of it. And I think that I got to be vocal about that because it's real.
0: It's real. Life is gonna
1: happen. It's just a matter
0: of like yeah. I when, when I hear people say like you know, so and so has their shit together. It's like I think sometimes people think that having your shit together means that like nothing's happening. It's like something's always yeah. happening. I mean the always. <laughs> the level and the spectrum shift, mm-hmm. and then the having your shit together kind of ends up just being like how well you've set up things to be able to manage it. Like, and when I say mm-hmm. things, a lot of times i just mean like your spirit, you know, yeah. like, there's like, cause there's really self-work that like has to be done. And I know you use the word self in a lot of mm-hmm. your pieces. I see just the mm-hmm. word self and, yeah. you know, like some people will say like, oh, you know, I had to get selfish. I personally don't like the word selfish. Cause I think it's like, you can't just decide it's not negative,
1: <laughs> yeah. but there's a
0: self-awareness to knowing like where you are and what you need. And you know, what you don't need, et cetera. And like, you can, you can be genuine and say like, I have decided that I don't need to work at the hospitality,
1: yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you
0: know? And I think I, when you talked about like that decision that you had to make about your kids, I'm sure the idea in your mind of like, am I being selfish? Yeah. Was a
1: thing. Yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely was a thing. And I'll have moments now, even where like they'll be in the studio with me for, you know, 12 hours, 10 hours. My daughter loves to tell everybody about the night I made them sleep at the studio. It's like defining moment for her, <laughs> <laughs> it's her favorite story. And I'll have those moments still, but it's just like, I got to look at it, you know, and then I'm, but then it's like, then I'm able to take them you know, downtown Seattle to go see this huge storefront at Nordstrom. And then it's like, they under, I feel like they're understanding. And it's like those things that like, you don't realize them when you're a kid always, you know, I look back on my mom, like, man, like there's some stuff where I'm just like, you just can't understand it or appreciate it until you're older. So every time I have a moment where I'm like, am I being selfish? Am I making them you know, suffer and not have be outside or doing this because of me and my work and my art, but then we're able to go do like beautiful things or experience things together because of my art and like where it's been able to take us. And so I try to just work through it in that way, but I don't, I don't know if that'll ever really like all the way go away. (laughs) Right.
0: I mean, I, I feel like it'll go away when you get to, when they get to the point where they can be like, I understand. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. understand. Yeah.
0: You know? yeah. So what was it like when you saw that storefront at Nordstrom?
1: It was very, very cool. I wasn't, you know, you, you see like little layouts Mock-ups. of what it, what it can look like, but you don't ever really understand. And I think that to go down there and to see, those faces. And again, like, it's always about these stories for me. Cause it's just like, you know, seeing Frida Kahlo's story, uh, you know, that made me feel like I could do it. So it's like, for me, I always have that in my mind, like the youth and the kids that like, didn't have examples or blueprints of like what they are capable of. I think about myself now. And I'm just like, you know, my daughter and my son are exposed to so many things that mm-hmm. I didn't see growing up. Cause <laughs> it's like, now it's like black creatives. Like you can do anything. You yeah. can do anything. You can be anywhere and you're necessary. And so to be able to see that and to be a part of that and to think that like, people are going to walk by this and connect to it. And I think that, you know, there's just, those are the things that stand out to me the most. Like it's just, it's crazy. It still feels really crazy.
0: Well, congratulations, because it's super <laughs> Thank dope. Thank you. And it's, and it's definitely, you. Um, you know, the apparel space is its own unique space yeah. of cray-cray. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. But it's also its own unique space of accessibility and, like, you know, for yeah. people to be able to see, like, your art. And I think what's really dope about your art is that it doesn't feel watered down on the garments. Like, it's very much like, yeah, you're going to get this crying woman and you're going to get a print of her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm thankful for Nordstrom. I feel like they did not water down the art at all. They really, really cared about keeping the art and its integrity. And they were really, really sensitive to how I would feel about my art being altered in any way. So I feel like the real stories that I was telling in my work translates to the clothes and that I do agree with you is it just doesn't happen that often anymore so
0: well shouts to your lawyer yeah um <laughs> because you know because listen I honestly like as much as I am like about the art I feel like we often forget we're in this country that's so capitalist and it's just like my lawyer is literally writing a book all about black people's ip being stolen that's crazy and yeah it's not about glorifying the business of it, but there is like an acknowledgement that has to be made about like
1: mm-hmm.
0: how important it is to protect your shit and, mm-hmm. you know, to own your stuff and to have a team, even if it's one person, you know, that, like you said, mm-hmm. that's going to bat for you and that understands just how it's much deeper when it's black women and our shit. Yeah. It is. It's not yeah. the same as this country was literally built for white landowning men. It's always been for them. Yeah. Always. So like, it's much deeper when it's like, so you want to own
1: this? Mm. And that's what I mean. And that's what exactly what I'm talking about is like, just when these businesses and these companies want to partner, with black women, it's like, you have to be prepared because it's just, it's a whole new, you know, I'm learning and in also, um, draining myself in the process, but it's just like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's new, it's very new. Like nothing is built for us. So it's like, you have to like go in there and then make demands and there's already crazy stereotypes of being a black woman. You have to go in there and
0: make demands (laughs) yes, yes, versus asks. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it's already like being a black woman. It's like, there's already this whole idea of what that means. And then you have to go in there and be that. It's just like, it's a weird world that I'm, you know, I'm learning to navigate, but I think that as tiring, as exhausting as it can be, it has to be done because there will be kids that come in. I I constantly, constantly am aware and telling myself like, this could potentially be my son or daughter someday in this space. And like, how would I want them to be treated? How would I want their work to be treated? Mm-hmm. And just fighting for that all the time. That That's just like my mindset when I go into anything, which can, it can get tricky. <laughs> It
0: can get sticky. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, are your kids creative at all? They are. Yeah, they are. My son, he's he has green hair, and he uh, <laughs> he loves to like be in actor mode all the time. Like he'll say something, and he's like cut scene, and I'm like, wait a minute, like <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then my daughter, she paints. She just she she paints. She's nice. Yeah.
0: Well, we have a segment called The Script where we ask our guests to basically just like provide our listeners, our viewers with any types of materials that can enhance like the conversation. So mm-hmm. any books, any movies, any any accounts to follow, et cetera, where they can not only necessarily like learn more about your art, but perhaps learn more about um, themselves, like in any work that you feel like has helped you in defining the artist that you are.
1: Yeah. One thing that has stuck with me and been like haunting all my quiet moments for the last like six months has been this documentary that I watched called Black Art in the Absence of Light. Um, I don't know if you've seen that. Amy Sherald was on that actually. And she just, I think what I've been talking about this whole time of like not having that blueprint of what it looks like to make things happen with your art as a Black woman that documentary, I feel like I've told every, everybody I know to watch it. That's sounds just, like me
0: telling everyone I know to listen to her interview that she did on here. Cause it's yeah, like,
1: oh yeah. yeah, it's just she like just
0: ran it down.
1: Yeah. I know. I'm like, dang, I know that. I know that was good, but, um, it just really, it's really, really special. And it just shows you what's possible. And it shows you why black people deserve every ounce of spotlight that we're getting and, um, why black stories are so important and powerful. And I feel like I think about that documentary like every day, once it a day, just lives <laughs> in your head rent free. Yeah. <laughs> and where's the documentary? Do you remember I feel like it's on HBO Max. I want to say
0: Black art in the absence of light.
1: Yeah, actually, okay. my partner, my partner Alba Holly, he's an artist as well. Oh, he stopped. is. I did the Google. Yeah, I did, I <laughs> yeah. did the <laughs> IC stuff. <laughs> he is the one that uh, told me to watch it, and we actually like sat and watched it on Facetime together. And it just like we both were like speechless. It just is really, really oh. powerful. Okay. All right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Damn. Think- All right. So but, <laughs> I mean, I feel like that—that's one of them documentaries where like it's a word of mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm gonna definitely look into that. And, yeah, you got to watch it. And you guys can also, of course, make sure that you go to Nordstrom and uh, Nordstrom.com and look for Christina's work as well as follow her. So we have this segment that we do as a special segment uh, where our artists walk us through a few pieces that I have selected. And when <laughs> I say walk us through, I mean, you could tell me about where you were mentally, physically, whatever, uh, emotionally when you painted You said you're an emotional painter, so I'm yeah. sure there's emotion. <laughs> yeah you know, the, the, the media involved, et cetera. But I feel like a lot of times if you're not someone who's going to art shows and you're not someone who's going to like be in those spaces, like, you rarely get to hear like an artist speak about their art. Yeah, There's usually like some blurb that's been put there or somebody else is like, so this right here, this is Christina's yeah. period. <laughs> this was, this was summer in Seattle and it was yeah. raining. And you know, she just said to herself, you know what? I am my mother's daughter.
1: <laughs> that is so true. I always, we always joke about it. Me and my partner were like, Someday they're going to dissect this painting and then they're going to be like, oh, they must have been fighting on that day because she only used black. You know, it's just so funny because, like, that is what will happen someday. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's
0: happening. And I'm like, you know what? While we can, let's get it from the artist's mouth. Now, I wanted to print these out and my printer was acting real janky. So we are going to start with this one right here. Okay.
1: Yeah, because so,
0: this is the first piece I ever <laughs> saw of yours. Oh, nice, so, nice, yeah. No rain, no flowers. <laughs> so can you just tell me about this piece? Like, when, what size is it? Like, what medium do you paint in, et cetera?
1: Yeah, so that piece is, I, I believe that piece is 24... By thirty six, my favorite and size canvas. Uh, that is my yeah, favorite. That's my t- Yes, that's my favorite. I love everything about that size. It's like you can. It's not too big. It's not too small. It's the best. Um, but that piece, I that piece actually was not even originally supposed to be a part of the Nordstrom partnership. But I believed in it so much, and mm. I. I asked that it be presented and they loved it and it became like the main piece, which was amazing. Um, but that piece was funny because I had, um, a very difficult day that day I was kind of having like weird interactions with everybody. And it just was like an overwhelming emotional day. And I came to the studio and I was by myself and it was one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes, Like, my boyfriend will ask me sometimes, like, sometimes I feel like you try to make yourself sad so you can go paint. And I'm like, no. (laughs) But in that day, it was one of those things where it was, like, the sadness I was feeling. I, I painted that piece so fast. I can't, I was probably here for less than two hours. And I remember when I came back the next day, like, I had been so locked in that, like, my brushes were, none of them were in water. They were all crusty, just laid out. Like, not taken care of at all. All the tubes of paint were still open. It was like one of those things where like, I, you know, everybody talks about being locked in or, um, you know, zoning out in their work. I don't always experience that. It's usually like, I'm really, really in tune with what I'm doing, but that piece was one of those moments where like, I really felt like I was not there. I made it and I came back. And the next day I was just like, wow, like, I really like it, but if you see it in person, you can see like so much texture and you can kind of feel that it was done with some urgency. And I love that about it.
0: <laughs> Do you paint in acrylics or oils? That
1: one I did in acrylics.
0: But what's your normal medium that you feel like you you go to? I
1: use acrylic a lot more, but lately I have been more drawn to oil. i probably the last five pieces I've done have been oil.
0: I really, you know, so you're not the only one who's been like, you know, I'm just, I'm trying oil now. And I feel like oil becomes kind of like, that's like the elevation. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, now I'm an artist, artist. Yeah. All right.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what it is. That's so funny. Because I always said that, like, I will not feel like an artist using oil. I know what I'm doing
0: (laughs) I am so afraid of oils, and we had this dope artist on here, Gregory Simmons, and he was like, nah, like, you got to just yeah. try it, but it's like, you got the linseed oil, and then you got yeah, the, you got to clean well, the once brushes. Once you of-
1: get it, you got, you, there's no, like, it's like nothing compares to, like, that buttery, smooth feeling, like, it's just, it's hard to go back once you start an oil.
0: Do you feel <laughs> like, when you say it's a buttery, smooth feeling, you're talking about, like, when you're coming onto the canvas, like, it just... Mm-hmm. It just lays down. Yeah,
1: it just happens. It's easier. It's to me, it's like easier to just keep going consistently. Like I feel like with acrylic, it's like I gotta stop. I gotta make sure it's still like wet enough. I gotta do this. But like with oil, I feel like it's just like a I can work consistently and if it just feels good all the way through. Because I've (laughs) been learning
0: about gouache. I've been learning about gouache too and I like wash I just have a feeling that the reason I have a particular block in my visual art right now is because like I I need to take I need to go to a different medium I feel like yes. that's part of it but I'm also yeah. like but
1: oil smell like <laughs> it does it definitely you got to wear a mask but I bet you if you try oil like now when I think about using acrylic I'm like mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this shit I don't do I'm an oil, I'm an oil painter. painter yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like Van Gogh like yeah, yeah. that's
1: where I'm at <laughs> <Hilarious. laughs> alright so this is our next piece okay yeah that piece is called I Hope Your Flowers Bloom and that is the first piece that I made during the pandemic I'm uh, I picking these pieces y'all yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's the first piece I made when they like announced the lockdown and I knew that I was going to be home. I had canvas and I got all my paints and that's the first piece that I like really, really sat down and made. And I think that for me, that piece just represents like not knowing, not knowing Mm. what's coming or what's going to happen. And just like hoping that we have come out of this and bloom again and I think like at the beginning of the pandemic that really was like my state of mind this was a new thing I never experienced anything like this before my kids are out of school they're scared is and, this one of your kids drawings yeah my daughter she walks around the house like looking for pieces that can be collaborations like she's like ready and so she <laughs> um yeah she drew on that and um yeah, I, oh, that's so dope.
0: I didn't realize yeah. she drew on the piece.
1: Oh yeah, she drew on it. And she makes sure that when a print sells of that piece, she gets her cut. Every like, She'll, she'll make like a little line on something and she wants her money. Yo, <laughs> teach him young. Teach him young. Yeah.
0: She yeah. wants
1: her money. What I, What is her percentage of this piece? Yeah, that one, I feel like that one she gets... I think that one's like 25, but most of them she gets half. Like half, if a print sells, half goes in her account, half goes in mine. How <laughs> old is she now? She's seven. Yo! Yeah. She's seven. <laughs> and after a while, then my son was like, can we collaborate? I want to, <laughs> I want to paint." It's like, I want to come up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hilarious.
1: She, she loves the
0: collaboration. Would you say that piece is a self-portrait?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do
0: you do that often?
1: I do. I
0: do. I think, I think it's sometimes just... you can't really tell in your work is like, is this Christina yeah. or is this? Not? Yeah.
1: I, I try to like do some sort of representation. Sometimes it's like a little bit of me, a little bit of my mom, a little bit of my aunts, my grandma. Like it's just kind of like a, a combination of what's really familiar for me. So a lot, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are self portraits. Yeah. Is that
0: you on your dress or your shirt that you're wearing right now?
1: This one, no, this was just, I just went free and like, I feel like I, I had a pastel and I just kind of like, was just going on a canvas and she's, she came out. She reminds me of the British artist, FKA twigs. Oh yeah. 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 I can see that. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Yeah. She is on uh, a lot of stuff for uh, the drop two of Nordstrom collection. They really liked her. (laughs) I love her.
0: Oh, so also oh, we're getting a preview right now. Yes. This Ew. is it. This
1: is job two. Yeah. All
0: right. All right. I love <laughs> a preview. I love this. I love exclusive. Yeah. Um okay. So this is
1: our last piece, Women on, on Mars. Mars. Yep. So that is um, I was showing my daughter. I I use these, I don't know if you know the golden like acrylic they're like liquid flow they're really really watery Yeah. and i was using them and she wanted to try and she's just like can i she calls them drip drips and every time she's using them she starts saying came through dripping that's like her favorite <laughs> <laughs> she they need to hire her but she she was doing a practicing it and it the first one came out and it looked like a dress and I'm like oh you should make like five dresses just keep going you can just do what you want to do and so that piece, she just went crazy with all the. Oh, this is dresses. another collab. Yeah. This and is a then 50, just, 50. <laughs> Yeah. This is, yeah, this one is definitely more her than me. But she, um, she did all the bodies. And then I, I told her, I said, I'm going to turn these into women now. And so she watched me do it. And I remember when I was painting, I was just like, oh my God, how, how are you doing that? But I'm like, you just made their bodies. And right. so that piece, um, it's called women from mars because her name is marley and we call her mars but she um yeah she she pretty much painted most of that
0: <laughs> well what i think is so fascinating like even of these three pieces um is that so much of your work you said is really rooted in you know your the, your lineage the female lineage mm-hmm. and the, the matrilineal you know mm-hmm. uh line that you're a part of and then to see that happen in like real like in like, yeah. the physical actual <laughs> yeah. piece is so dope and it really speaks to just legacy and you yeah. know we've, we've talked a lot about ownership and ip on this call and just like to see it like in the threads of the canvas yeah is, is awesome do you stretch your own canvas
1: i don't i don't <laughs> to me, that's, I, I like final, to. that's like the final
0: that's like the final step of like i'm an artist oh <laughs> yes yeah.
1: Yeah. I see people do it and I'm always like, dang, that looks, I love like, I love how it looks. I love the idea of constructing my own canvas. I just cannot see myself doing it.
0: (laughs) I've definitely like bought the staple gun and, (laughs) you know, considered the wood and I bought the canvas on the roll and was yeah, I got canvas on a roll. Yeah. I can do, yeah. I can do this. I wasn't. I was in shop in theater, and um, I built sets. I can do this. And then you're just like, or yeah, I can go buy a canvas. Yeah. Because by the I'm time at, I make so. this, I'm gonna feel like I've done the art.
1: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's just like I don't. I don't know if I got both in me.
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the last
0: dose. Well we are just so um, honored and happy to have you. I am I anytime that I DM someone and they DM me back and they like yeah. know of my existence and I'm already a fan, I'm just I so was so happy.
1: Yeah, no. I was so happy and that picture of you and your mom in the pajamas. I was just like this like you have no idea. That was too good. Too good and she but was like, yeah. These are very buttery soft. I, they're so <laughs> posh. These are so
0: posh. She was so impressed. And I was like, I <laughs> had to tell her, was so I was like, cool. Well, you know, it's Christina Martinez, and she is a black and Mexican painter. And she was yeah. like, really? No, it's true.' I was like, I know, I know, because you know, we got to ride this. That you know, yeah, I feel like they've definitely been on some like, we need black people, and it's like, Ride it. Ride so I, the
1: wave. I don't care why they're listening, as long <laughs> as they're listening, let's do it.
0: <laughs> well, y'all, you can follow Christina at so is it underscore?
1: Yeah, it's, it's so, so underscore, underscore trill. So, so S E
0: W underscore trill, T R I L L. And, you know, keep going. And Thank I you. look forward to purchasing my original piece. And yeah. I just really commend your story and your journey and the way that you're going about this. It really is inspirational. And it's, um, I think you might be the tipping point for me going to oils. Like, I, you I, gotta I'm
1: going to do it. You got to do it. <laughs>
0: Yes, I'm already like, all right, it. I'm going to
1: play with gouache because I'm just, but I yes. feel like I'm being lazy. Yeah, <laughs> just go straight to oil. We, we'll stretch canvases later. Start with the oil. Bet. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Will Thank do. you so much. Thank you. Thank this you. Was awesome. A, podca-
0: <clears throat> a podcast network.